This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Joining me today from the agency. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, Stacey, we always have to explain to people that don't know that the agency is like the industrial development arm, the, you know, the Indo- industrial development agency. So... Just for- yes. No, that's what we just like everybody to think. We are really a, a, a secret agent. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes. No, yeah. The, uh, no, and we're, you know, to, to, we were just talking, I was just talking about this this morning, and, um, you know, the Leadership Alliance is a, a moniker, you know, that, that identifies the partnership between the agency and the Greater Binghamton Chamber of Commerce. And it's Which been you also fantastic. had. And, yeah, and so you know we're we're hoping you know the year ahead we want to we kind of want to start to uh, bring that moniker of the leadership alliance out there more. So um, I've been just it's been making my life a little bit easier too, and just saying CEO of of the leadership alliance. So I get the good good fortune of overseeing two you know phenomenal uh, organizations and and two very passionate teams that you know really work as as one. It's kind of, it's it's a lot of fun. Well, we kind of had both of us being so busy, didn't have much opportunity to schedule you ahead of this. But earlier, a few weeks back, you kind of put out a, an overview, a look ahead on some of the goals and aspirations as far as we're talking about the local economy and business environment in Broome County. Um, give us kind of a, a, in a nutshell, what you're seeing. I mean, if we've all found out over the past two going on three years that nothing is predictable and no one can really look ahead. Yeah. But but what are you kind of your your magic crystal ball seeing for Broome County and the Greater Binghamton area? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there's that old saying that the only you know the only thing that's truly consistent is change, right? And and we're seeing that. Um, and so when we start, you know, we start the year off is always a good time for us to do a temperature check on the economy. So we do, we issue an annual economic outlook sur- uh, survey to our businesses, and we just ask them, you know, very kind of simple but important questions. How are you feeling about the economy this year? What's your outlook? How do you feel about sales? Um, how do you feel about your workforce? Do you feel like you're going to grow or, or contract in the year ahead? And that's really important for us because, um, you know, it, it gives us that comparison. So, you know, right before COVID, when we had done this in 20, in the beginning of 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago, mm. um, we had the most, you know, optimistic uh, perspective that we've had in probably a decade. And so, um, you know, it's very important to maintain that level of momentum that we have. And, uh, you know, I would say generally, and we're going to actually on February 15th, we're going to have our economic uh, forecast breakfast and, and go through a little more granularly, granularly the details of that survey. But generally, you know, there's still optimism. Um, I think it's a little more of a cautious optimism because we're watching what's happening with Omicron. And now I think today they're talking about potentially another variant. But, but what we're seeing with that is they are more contagious, but less uh, hopefully less harmful to people. Right. So, you know, we're still trying to navigate a world of living with this versus uh, completely contracting. And, you know, we do not want to see businesses um, have to close their doors uh, again. Right. Well, so much has been learned since the start of this whole thing as far as preventing spread and business practices and, and all that stuff. And you and I have talked several times over the past couple years about pivoting and thinking outside the box and adapting. And this is happening when we're talking about this whole well-publicized supply chain issue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where we were pivoting about remaining of ways to stay healthy how now are local businesses finding that they have to pivot as far as shortages and also worker shortages that's obviously not related to the supply chain yeah you know i think the the biggest pivot if you will right now is all about the the labor force it's all about workers Uh, which was a problem pre-covid it was well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So we were at the lowest level of employment of unemployment, excuse me, that we had been, and uh, we were, you know, seeing more job job opportunities open up. Um, but yet, you know, we knew we were starting to see a significant worker shortage, and you know, I think it I think it might it may have caught people off guard just how much more that that COVID compounded that because. You know, I think there was, you know, I had this, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing others did, maybe a thought that having been, you know, shut down and closed for, for so long, um, which we're not used to, you know, we're just, as a society, we're just not used to that, especially with schools being closed, that when we could start to open back up, the floodgates of people wanting to, you know, get back to work and get back into their community, and back, that that would open up as well. And, in fact, it's it's contracted, I think, more so. I mean, I, you know, but, but what has held true is the impact has been pretty binary. If you can work remotely, most of those jobs, most of those um, industries are doing okay. It's everything that, you know, of course, the service sector and healthcare right. was hit so hard, and, of course, they're the ones dealing most acutely with the, the worker shortage. So we're seeing businesses, I mean, we are seeing businesses have to adjust hours. Um, businesses have to, you know, change their their models a little bit to, to address that. You know, our healthcare, I know they're doing a lot of recruitment for nursing and healthcare staff. Um, we, we just, it's, we have to have a, a very, I think, proactive and um, innovative uh, workforce plan moving forward. And that's why, you know, we were chatting before and I had the the opportunity to meet with companies like BAE Systems and, and uh, you know, fantastic company here in the community. So, you know, our question becomes, how do we help you guys find the people? Like, where, where are they and where are we not looking and, and how do we connect? And I think businesses are thinking a little outside the box on that. Uh, one of the things that the agency was involved in um, I believe it was a few months ago, was looking at some untapped resources as far as we're looking at people that are reentering society from after being incarcerated, some people with uh, certain health and, and mental health issues that may have been passed over, that businesses maybe are being a less picky and finding that, you know, being a little less elitism, that they are finding that there really are good workers out there in places that, you know, stones that they hadn't looked under. Absolutely, you know, and you know, in hindsight, we wish it was something we were doing probably ten years ago. But it, it's where we, where we are now. And I think what was really compelling was the the decrease in labor force participation. So it's not the raw numbers of people; it's those that are participating. And so you have to ask yourself, why are we not reaching people? Why are people choosing or you know or not choosing? Maybe there are other issues to drop out of the labor force. Some of that is issues like, uh, and I know there's some legislation at the state, sometimes you know, someone who maybe 10 years ago had, a, had a, a criminal activity, maybe a misdemeanor, maybe some minor activity, but is, is trying to you know, find gainful employment, 
but those things still follow them. So how can we make it that that doesn't define who they are, but we can give them a chance to begin, you know, again, we're working with regional partners on those that are in an active recovery uh, uh, for a substance use disorder. How do we provide them opportunities? Because we know, and what we've learned is when you're in that state of mind, the most you know, behind us, behind sobriety, the most important thing is, is, is gainful employment. Well, how are we reaching our underserved, our minority, and, and our immigrant populations uh, to, to invite them to say, come to our workforce? You know, I think we, we have to have an all-hands-on-deck um, approach. And there was the whole seminar about diversity and, and sensitivity as far as businesses go when they're looking at those other populations that uh, was yeah. had recently. Yes, absolutely. We are, you know, we're we have a very, and I'm, I'm very proud of this. The the program of work that we've um, developed collaboratively with with people much smarter than us on this topic, but we have a very comprehensive um, diversity, equity, and inclusion program. We're going to um, to launch this year. We did our half day conference last year for the first time, and that was really an introductory to this topic because I think it's easy to. It's easy if you you aren't impacted by it um, to just r- not even realize that the language you use, the actions, the things, the small things you do, could really negatively impact someone um, who is uh, a, a diverse in a in a sector of a diversity, you know, uh, 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 individual. So it's it's how do we make sure that we're as a community we're communicating at everybody's level at everybody's um, um, comfort level, really. So it's, you know, we have some programming starting in February. We're, we're starting some diversity dialogues. That's kind of like what we call the, the entry level or the 101, because if you've never really thought about this, it's how you start to reframe the words you use and how you look at things differently. And we have some programs that you can dive deeper into that. Um, and then we will do another conference on building the community and one of those goals, those outcomes are, are to build a more diverse workforce, certainly. Well, as we are doing this taping, and there's going to be a bit of a delay for our, our air date for this, but uh, as we're doing this taping, you're preparing to launch full head first into the whole state budget <laughs> topic and the overview of what's going on with that. Uh, recently proposed from Governor Kathy Hochul, her first executive budget, what is Broome County's take on the um, the economic outlines for the southern tier outside of the areas outside of New York City that you're, is the takeaway from the governor's budget. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, certainly, you know, the the, the financial health of, of New York State really impacts us the most. I think at the local level, and you know, we're thrilled to see that uh, because of the stimulus that New York's general cash flow or financial health is is sound. Um, but that, to me, also signals how important it is to make steps to stay that way, right? Because it's very easy when you're in that state to take for granted. Um, sound, you know, sound business practices. So some of the things on our radar, uh, one of the, one of our biggest issues is uh, connected to the unemployment insurance assessments. So that's a tax that all employers get to, you know, for the purposes of, of maintaining a healthy unemployment uh, insurance fund. You know, when, when stimulus came through many months ago under Governor Cuomo's regime, um, there was a, a, a decision made to not replenish the UI trust fund which is down about 9 billion if I, if i'm correct 
Um, what that means is, you know, that the continued pressure on that is, is going to mean where are we going to get that money from? And so our concern is, and we saw this tangibly and after the, the, during the recession in 08 and 09, employers, especially small businesses, they got hit with large tax bills, assessments on, on that. So we don't want to see our, our businesses have to, have to pay more to replenish the fund. We want the state to use sound financial practices and take some of that healthy cash flow, pay down that debt, don't put that on the backs of our, um, of our businesses. So that's one of the things we're watching. I mean, we're, we're happy to see more assistance. So there's a lot of programs aimed at helping small businesses. We actually just launched a small business um, grant uh, fund to deal with continued COVID um, mm-hmm. issue, financial issues. Uh, we're happy to see that um, there is there is restoration of important economic development programs like the Brownfield uh, Remediation Program. Devil's in the details on that. We like that it's there, but some of the details we don't like, so we're we're kind of diving into that. Uh, the Restore New York program has been um, replenished or, or brought back, and that's an important one given the fact that so much of our so much of our physical landscape of our buildings um, are are older, are uh, in need of significant renovation. So, so there's you know there's um, a lot of good things on paper. As I said, you know, devil's always in the details, and so we're going to spend the next couple of weeks, you know, as the budget readies itself for final final approval to make sure we're communicating what we what we also are concerned about as well. Another interesting piece of that puzzle also is the investment in uh, like the research development over at Binghamton University with the pharmacy school and all that and that that's kind of something that that's uh, interesting to watch as well. So uh, we got a busy year ahead of us, Stacy. It is going to be a busy year. I'm saying, you know, but I feel I feel optimistic. I think, you know, I feel like we are coming out of a fog a little bit. You know, we're we're concerned about the the, the what's happening nationally. Oh, we're watching inflation and and how that's going to impact consumer activity and, and impact our businesses. But but generally, you know, I think um, we've learned a lot. I think we've we you know we've uh, stayed resilient, and uh, I think I think it's going to be a good year ahead. And as we are out of time, uh, the website for maybe some businesses that are new to the area or expanding or finding some challenges, how they can find out uh, some ways that the agency and the Leadership Alliance can help them out. Yeah, absolutely. So so to find out more about just resources here in the community, I always encourage people to go to the Chamber's website, Greater Binghamton Chamber commerce.com a lot of great resources there to get to know the community or or uh find out about upcoming events community events um we did just launch a covid um recovery fund that that information is available on the agency's website that's the agency-ny.com and if you click on resources you'll find some some information about that so that certainly we hope will help some of our small businesses in the community. Well, we're bound to be talking pretty soon again, Stacy. I hope so. Yes, I hope so. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for being my guest. This has been the Thank Southern you. Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Friday, February 